What's up, everyone? This is Little Apostate. Welcome back to Thinking in Criminal. Today, I want to talk about thinking, and I want to get a little bit into that article, the New York Times, whatever, the opinion piece. Don't go down the rabbit hole, because I'm all about going down the rabbit hole. So, I guess I'll get started now. Here are my crimes. So I want to start today with a quote that I was a little inspired by uh, this morning. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of the rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them. Because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And that is Rob Siltanen. And, you know, I read that quote this morning and I just kept thinking, I've, in the back of my mind, that headline and the subhead from that New York Times article has been replaying over and over and over again. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Critical thinking is, is a way to get wrapped up in the, the tight grip of misinformation. And that's the discouragement of critical thinking is an, as a discouragement of individuality. Uh, and, and changing the world and saying, fuck you to the status quo. And that's what's so important. That is what changes things. People change the world when they walk in the other direction, when they leave the herd. And essentially what that headline tells you to do and what most people don't read articles. They don't read the full article, they read the headline. So what that headline is instructing people to do is to forego individualism, to be content and to trust that what's going on, that what everyone at the top that's making money off of their opinions and then what, and their, and uh, I can't, my hands move too much. No, oh, anyways, they're essentially saying though that you need to stop, stop thinking. Thinking is bad. Thinking is criminal. And, you know, I've already been hard-pressed to find people around me who are capable of thinking in a way that really pushes my thinking. Uh, and that's what I, I want. I want to be around people who are, who are round pegs and square holes. I want people who disrupt my way of thinking and give me something new. And a very interesting 
very interesting metaphor that someone, probably someone whose mind and personality and everything about them is kind of the the pinnacle to me of a a person, someone I want to spend time with. And they are one of the best friends I've ever had and probably ever will have. Uh, and they gave me, gifted me this metaphor that I love. I love thinking about it. And I kind of use it as like a scale whenever I go on dates or whenever I meet new people. In the back of my head, I use this metaphor to grade people, which maybe is fucked up, but I don't know. And it's a train. So when you start a conversation with someone, you get on this train with them. And you get on a train and the first stop, they might get off at the first stop. The first stop is small talk. So they might really only be, they might just want to, you know, the surface, skim the surface and hit all the small talk points, find out, you know, just what is easy to find out about you and then get off the train. And that's fine. Those, those people are fine but they are not the people for me. And they are not the people who are going to change the world. And then there are the people who will get on, they get on the train with you, they pass the small talk stage, and they are interested in, in depth, but, but not, not too much. And they get off, as things get progressively deeper and deeper and deeper, more people, more and more people get off get off, get off, get off. And when you start bringing up things like Ted Kaczynski, everybody gets off, get off that train. And, but some people will stay on the train with you until you're both passed out and you wake up and you're in a place you don't even know where you are anymore. And you're like, where the fuck, where the fuck am I? How did I get here? And those people, I've met very few, but those people are the kinds of people that change things, that, that think critically, that, you know, they're individuals. And those are the most, those people are so incredible to talk to and to, to share this train ride with. And, you know, I'm, I feel, I feel very lucky to know anyone like that, that I look up and my eyes, I'm so groggy. I'm like, how did we fucking end up, how did we end up at Ted Kaczynski? And those are, those are the best train rides to be on. The ones where ideas that are, you know, maybe taboo to talk about. That, I mean, everything should be able, you should be able to talk about everything, conspiracy theories, uh, things that are misinformation, that, it, that is where ideas and, and that's where world-changing ideas are created. It doesn't come from listening to what everyone's telling you is okay to think and it's good to have bad ideas. It's good to be wrong. You could be you could ride the train all the way to the end and end up in a terrible, terrible place. You could end up in, in, you could end up 
at a place where some someone is has a gun to your head and they're like, give me all your fucking money. Like, yeah, you could end up in a really bad place, but you could also end up in a really, really cool, interesting place. And that's why it's so important to to ride that train as far as you can if you want to change the world, if you want to, you know, find something different than the status quo. And no one that you read today, no great, great mind got off that train. No one. None of them read a headline that said, don't go down the rabbit hole and thought, you know, it's probably best that I don't go down the rabbit hole. There's a excellent short story. My favorite short story of all time. It's called Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut. And this short story is essentially about equity. Equality of outcome. And... It starts off, and I'm going to butcher this because I don't have the quote up, but the year was 2041, 2069, I don't know what it was. And everybody was finally equal. No one was faster than anyone else. No one was smarter than anyone else. No one was stronger than anyone else. No one was prettier than anyone else. Uh, and this was all thanks to the unceasing vigilance of the United States Handicapper General and to the 260th and 261st and whatever amendments to the Constitution. And in this short story, there is a few characters. There's a, a son who's gone missing. Uh, and there's a mother and a father, and basically the whole short story happens while they're sitting in front of the TV. And the news comes on. And they see their son. And he's 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 on, on a stage. And the stage is full of ballerinas, and they all have, they're all covered in bird shit. And they're all, they're all covered in, uh, they have masks on because in order to not make the audience feel less than they had to be less they made found a way to make them less beautiful and what was in these ballerinas that they weren't allowed to be good dancers either so they had weights tying hang tying them down so they were just very moving very terribly and so they were you know they had made them less attractive they had made them terrible dancers and they put them on the stage so everyone could feel like they weren't being challenged by these ballerinas. And this, their son, they're watching the TV and they see their son get up on stage and he has no handicaps on. So what these people, they call them handicaps. So he's got nothing on and he's tall and he's strong. And he thinks He's clearly the, the non-conformist, thinks for himself, and he's dangerous, and that's, he's dangerous, and he's all over the news, and they're saying, we need to stop him, we need to stop him, he's very, he's very dangerous. And he convinces one of the ballerinas to take off her handicaps, and then they kind of soar up to 
the ceiling and they're dancing and it's beautiful. And then they get shot and killed by the handicapper general. And the mother and father are watching this all happen. And as the father, who's the one, he's supposedly the smart one, as he starts to think about what happened, all of a sudden a bunch of, he's been fitted, his handicap is he needs to be less smart. So he's been fitted with something in his brain that every time he has a thought, every time he thinks something that is not kosher, he, the sound of a car crash goes off in his ears, depending on how smart the thought is. Could be a bomb if it's like genius. And so as he's thinking, as he's realizing what he just saw, car crash, bomb. And then he doesn't know what happened. Because he wasn't allowed to think about it. And that is kind of what it feels like they're trying to do. They're trying to normalize not thinking. You know, the more the more things you read, like what happened at that school, I believe it was Smith College with the the girl who came out and, and said she was being discriminated against for a year because she had gone into a place where she wasn't no students were allowed to be and she was eating lunch and someone called the security because they didn't know who that person was. And she essentially, she basically just ruined the lives of so many people. And reading the statements or what the, the principal or the head, whoever, that woman, forgetting her name, but they all sounded so dystopian and as if she has slowly over time, because there was one, she didn't denounce someone who, who said something very benign. Can't even remember. I'm sorry, but it's like she slowly let them put that handicap in her ear, and she's only saying now exactly what everyone around her wants to hear, and that's so weak. It's just so weak. And it's so sad. Thinking for yourself is... And standing up when you know something isn't right. There really isn't some much better than that. And there isn't really a better feeling than that. And I pity the people who, who don't ever stand up for what they believe in. Because it's nice to be, to feel so mad and, and un, unhinged, kind of, in that no one can stop you. You're like a train running off the tracks, in a way. The tracks that society's laid down for you. And it's so freeing. I mean, just doing this. 
I had no idea how much of a burden it was to continue to hide my face when I was preaching, thinking for yourself and not being afraid of the mob. But how was I going to change the world or change a small, change a life, change a, a mind from behind a mask? And I know I'm not, you know, I know I'm going to be wrong a lot. But that's what's so beautiful about thinking for yourself. You don't have to be right. You just have to be curious. And you just have to be willing to be wrong. To ride that train all the way where you might end up in a place where with a mob at, at your at the end. You might end up in a place where you're you know, where where you've actually done something stupid. But who gives a fuck? Learning from your mistakes or learning from being wrong is, is what critical thinking requires. You need to be able to be wrong in order to find what's right. So, fuck you, guy who wrote that article for the New York Times, and uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to this. I really appreciate you guys being here. And, you know, I, I have a feeling there are way more people than I knew out there who are willing to ride that train. So, thank you for being on the train with me.